Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We are doing a very special horror movie review. In fact, it's not just a review, it is a retrospective. We are going to talk about the original Evil Dead trilogy and everything that comes with that. So why don't you come sit down and get a little groovy with us. Dead Trilogy, the original trilogy made in the 1980s all the way to the early 1990s. A little different where we're covering an entire series almost. I know we're not covering everything in it, but these are the quintessential movies. I am your host, Rob Coakley. I am joined, as always, by Dave Wilkins. Dave, what's going on? What's going on? Happy to be here. This is a, this was a fun trilogy that I enjoyed growing up as a kid, and it was even more fun going back and reliving them. And also Jesse Wilkins. Thank you for having me, boys. If you guys haven't watched these movies yet, they'll be full of spoilers. Also, these are these are old movies. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, fair game, right? Yeah. At this point, <laughs> the statute of limitations has passed. Um, I don't want me and Dave to talk too much about the first one. We did originally do an Evil Dead one review. If you want to go back and listen to that, me and Dave both gave it five stars, but. Jesse, I don't think you were like overly familiar with the Evil Dead franchise as a whole. And you've gone and I think you've recently watched these first three movies for the first time. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I, I some of it seemed kind of familiar. So I think I may have seen it maybe the first one or pieces of it anyways over time. But no, I, had I sit down, sat down and watched it with my full attention? No, I don't think so. But I did. I did go back and I. I've watched all three of them and then started watching the show as well and some other content as well. But uh, yeah, so so with the first movie, I started off, I'm watching, I'm like, fuck is this? <laughs> what the hell's going on here? And then I was like, oh, this is stupid. Oh, wait, this is awesome. <laughs> and that's kind of how it went with the whole first movie for me. And the wife came down and she's like, What? <laughs> this. I'm like, you gotta sit down and watch this. And she's like, no. <laughs> she left. She missed out. She missed out. So um I did listen to you guys uh to to your review on it and okay. judging off everything that you guys said, which kind of was like how this kind of set the tone and the budget that they had and the creative things that they did and how nothing else really was doing what they were doing at the time mixed in with like kind of the awesomeness of the backstory, which was the demonic book and, and mm. all these kind of things that, that were going on. Uh, I don't see how to not give it a five as well. It's uh, go ahead. I, I was just saying, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it starts off campy. You're, you're not sure what to, especially if you hadn't seen it before mm-hmm. and you're in your, you know, you're in your, your thirties at this point, it's not something you grew up watching. I can understand, like when you're first getting into it, it's I'm, it's I'm a 20, little. I'm 22 years old. Oh yeah, we know. Um, it's it's a little tough to get into at that point, but I do think it holds up enough that, like, once the story starts going, and I'm glad you're here to like kind of back that theory up, which I think makes it really cool because it's not a perspective me and Dave could bring to the table for it. Mm-hmm. 
It was still, you know, like, a lot of people watch these movies, especially the second one, and especially, especially the third one, as we'll get into it in a little bit. It turns into more comedy, but like the first one still had jumpy moments and it still had like, oh, that's kind of messed up. It still, it's, it still had those moments. So whether you categorize it as comedy or horror, uh, overall, just what it was as a whole was unbelievably entertaining. And it, it set the tone for a lot of things to come. Yeah, I wouldn't right. categorize the first one as, as comedy at all. I think it was straight horror and it was shocking, especially back in the 1980s. I mean, I wasn't around in 1981, but I saw it probably in the early 90s when I was a kid. And uh, it was just a shocking movie. You know, the, obviously the, the graphics didn't don't really hold up, but if you can uh, if you can respect that kind of old school, um, you know, cinematography and, and special effects they use, there was no CGI at the time. They use a lot of practical effects and they use a lot of that 16 millimeter stop motion. So um, they did that and they did it really well. And the, the movie was was really just I found to be very shocking and very disturbing. And again, just the camera work that they did in that movie, which is like advanced cinema. Not just horror movies or anything. It advanced cinema. That scene of them going through the woods. No one else was doing that. And it's just it's it's such an important movie in that aspect that a lot of it, it launched the career of Sam Raimi, one of the biggest directors in Hollywood for years and years and years now. And if this movie wasn't made, we wouldn't have Sam Raimi movies, you know, in the future. Some of the movies would have still got made, but just not with his spin on it. Right. So what would you give the you gave the first movie a five, Jesse? I'll give it a five. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the second movie. And this is where I think the franchise really starts to become what the franchise actually is. Um, in the second movie, it's a pretty interesting story. I highly suggest if anyone gets the chance and do it. I usually recommend like if you're going to read a book, you can read a book. But if you're going to re- listen to an audio book, the the autobiography of Bruce Campbell, where he goes into a lot of the making of the Evil Dead movies, amongst other stuff. He reads it himself, and it's just such a great listen. And you can listen to how these movies were made. But what happened with this second movie is the beginning of this movie is a remake of the first one, like which remakes weren't really a huge thing back then, especially with the same actors or anything like that. And they have to remake this movie because they can't get footage to the original movie. So Sam Raimi says, you know what? We'll just redo it. We'll just reshoot everything I want to reshoot. And um, and that sets the tone for the movie. And they have a bigger budget, so he gets to do it a little bit more the way he wants to do it. Okay, well. so that's so that's the story. It was a remake. I was so confused watching this thing. I'm like, why doesn't he recognize where he is? Like, why? Yeah. So I was I was like, did he forget? No, no. It's it was, it's okay. a remake slash sequel. Okay, because yeah. that was going to be my only, like, downside to the second movie. Is that it's basically just a parody of the first movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that, but no, I was, I was like, the story doesn't make sense here. Like, why, why doesn't he recognize this cabin? Why doesn't he know what was going on here? Why doesn't he know about the book and the recording? And, like, like you were there, bro. Like, this was the most traumatic event of your entire life. So, okay, if it's a remake, that, 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 that changes things for me, for sure. So this is a recurring problem within the Evil Dead stuff, where, like, a different studio owns like every movie throughout the years, all the way up until the TV show where you don't see anything from army of darkness because they couldn't get any of the rights back to army of darkness for the TV show. So the name of the places that he works, everything, they don't really reference it too much because they can't. And it was just a recurring thing 
with all of these movies. So um, that's what sets the tone for the second one. There's a lot of headaches that went into making these movies over stuff like that, but I loved it. And, and I love that. I love that this series, the first three are three different types of movies. I classify the first one as a full on horror movie. The second one to me is like comedy slash horror. It's like campy and, horror. Yeah. And then the third one is an Straight action comedy. adventure movie. Yeah. yeah. Like with comedy. It, it's just a whole different genre on the third one. But the second one, I think, is where the series really finds its voice. I like the second one. It was a lot of fun. It was basically just like a an extension of the first one. Well, kind of not you know, it's as if the first one didn't exist, which I thought was cool. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you my favorite part of the second one. My favorite part of the second one is when his hand is possessed and mm-hmm. he has to cut it off. He cuts his own hand off, right? And yeah. then it pans over to the stack of books next to him. And the book on the top of the pile is A Farewell to Arms. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that as well. It's so good. <laughs> so good. There were so many good wacky things that happened in that house. It was just... But for some reason, they still felt safer inside the house that was actively trying to kill them. They're like, if you go out there, you're dead. It's yeah. like, dude, if you stay in here, you're probably dead. Right. My my favorite scene from the entire second one is like the famous gif of where he just he's going mad and he just like looks into the camera and he's covered yep. in blood and he just has that look on his face. I use that gif a lot. I love I love that scene, but I just love this entire movie. The the continuation, just everything they did with it, the the up the special effects, the the deer on the wall is actually terrifying, oh, so <laughs> but but still hilarious. Like it's it just it's just so so good it was a, it was a great time uh the, the second one and uh i remember when i originally watched it i wasn't sure about it either because i was like because when i first watched it i didn't know anything about why it was being made or how it was being made and it was the same thing I was like it doesn't make any sense like this doesn't make sense but it was still like by the end of the movie i was like this was a blast these movies are so fun <laughs> yeah i mentioned it on a previous review that like halfway through the i think it was the trick-or-treat review where at the point in that movie where um, Sam takes off his mask and he's the pumpkin monster, at that point, you're having so much fun. You're like, fuck it, do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> and that was about like maybe halfway through Evil Dead 2 where things are just, just so many wacky and silly things are happening inside the house. There's like a full-blown musical and just uh, the the holes in the wall and... Just, I can't even begin to think of all the crazy things that happen in this house. At one point, I'm sitting there watching. I think it was when they introduced the claymation into it, and there was a big claymation, like Beetlejuice monster in there. I was like, this is awesome. You guys do whatever you want. I'm watching this whole thing, and I don't care what you do. You can do anything. That's, that 16, that's that 16 millimeter stop motion effect that we all love so much. Mm-hmm. The the blood that came from the wall is a great part in the movie as well. Um there's still some terrifying moments in this. One of the ones that stands out is when he's going nuts and crazy and then he wakes up and he was just like imagining everything. But yet shit's still hitting the fan when he wakes up. Mm-hmm. Like that that type of stuff is was so well done. Like everything in this movie is really well done. The effects of the the deadites coming at you was upped in this as well. Like they they really focused on making that effect even more terrifying. And I think that sticking with not knowing what's coming at you is such a great call by them because you never know what it is that they see. They just 
They're absolutely terrified every time they see it, though. And you see that throughout the movies. They also had Monster Lady in the or Zombie Lady in the basement, right? That was that was mm-hmm. in two. And that was a that was legitimately scary and creepy. And then you had her talking to her daughter and like she kind of tries to come back to form. He's like, no, 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 I was trying to trick you. And then they went full blown. One of the one of the great scenes where I was like, I don't know what they're going to do here was when he went full blown possessed. And yeah. I believe he had briefly gotten possessed in the first movie, too. Right. I, I think he had, I think it, like the, the thing had pulled him through the woods and he fell in a puddle. And when he got up, he was possessed. Right. I believe that was the first movie. Maybe it was the second movie. I'm pretty sure, and I might be wrong. Don't I think you watched all these more recently than we did, so you, you could be right. Yeah. I also watched them all within the span of two days, so I might be mixing all of these together. <laughs> but the fir- the fir- I believe it was the first one. I, I believe he was pulled through the woods, and he was dropped into like a puddle, and when he got up, he was possessed for a little while, but then he snapped out of it. And this one, I was like, is he just the bad guy now? Because it was a long possession. He's like trying to break down the door and he's trying to kill everybody. And then eventually he just snaps out of it. He's like, I'm fine. And the girl's like still beating him up. Like, he's like, I told you I'm fine. And like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I would still be trying to kill him. Like, you you weren't fine two seconds ago. Who's to say right. this isn't going to happen again? Like, kill this man. You know, he just right. killed, uh, he just killed another guy who was possessed. So yeah. it was, it was, uh, it was cool we get the great scene in the shed too as well when he he brings the the girlfriend in there puts her on like that vice grip and mm. we get introduced to the chainsaw that's what we like to call elevated horror <laughs> this right. movie would not fit into the elevated <laughs> horror genre <laughs> at all uh uh-huh. But we get introduced to like the one of the trademark things in the entire series, which is the tra- the chainsaw, mm-hmm. and it's just so well done. Like in terms of that hand scene, like you said, is the the whole hand scene is just great. It is. Just, it's just so wonderful. Like the fact that like just the looks he gives. Bruce Campbell is so perfect for this movie. I, I, I wouldn't. I can't picture anyone else in this role. Yeah, Nick Cage maybe, but it's just not. You know, I you know what? Yeah, I want to see a remake with Nicolas Cage. Well, he probably <laughs> goes too like he probably goes too campy, where like uh, Bruce Bruce Campbell, Campbell went pretty campy. But he well, can the, pull it back. Is the the difference is you can take Bruce Campbell serious in some scenes. You can right. never take Nicolas Cage serious in any scene ever. Right. True. He he pulls it back. So like he goes campy and like he goes real campy in Army of Darkness. But he still has moments where he pulls it back. And um that's what I like about him. And I love that Sam Raimi, you know, because we've talked about this before. Sam Raimi and his brother, I believe it's Ivan, are the ones that wrote this. And they all grew up together with Bruce Campbell. And like Sam Raimi brings Bruce Campbell on movies to specifically torture him. So <laughs> that's what he does. He brings him in and he's like, basically, what can I do to fuck with Bruce on this movie? And that's why like Bruce Campbell is forced to do all this crazy stuff to himself. He's doing the flip scene. He's smashing plates over his own head. He's doing all this stuff because basically just to entertain Sam Raimi. He's like, this is what I find funny. Um, he's done it in movies as recently as Dr. Strange. Like, mm-hmm. like he, he brought Bruce Campbell on that movie and he makes Bruce Campbell beat the shit out of himself on that. movie. <laughs> it's great. Love it. Um, and if you watch that movie, 
there there's was, that the, was that the newest doctor strange or the yeah. original i haven't yeah. seen the newest one yet yeah so i think we I, want to go see the original together actually did we um yeah it was good the second one so sam raimi does the second one and the, the that's the one spoiler i'll give is that the bruce campbell and there are like dead characters in there and they look a lot like deadites which mm. is pretty cool yeah. uh, so that is pretty cool you know what else i saw recently was uh hubie's halloween and they had a character in that movie who looked exactly like bruce campbell i was like oh that's cool they're giving it but they had him kind of paying homage to him i feel like a little bit by bringing someone that looked like him but it, it turned out to not be him and i was pretty uh, disappointed because i was like this is awesome but i told the kids i'm like oh he's from another movie and this is awesome because they did that and i looked up it was like some young guy on imdb i'm like no no no, that's not him never mind <laughs> never mind just look like the movie is there anything else we want to hit on before we get into army of darkness no i want to get into army of darkness so before we cut over to army of darkness we should give our ratings on this and shockingly i'm going to give it a five wow i'm shocked are you yeah i am what about you jesse I don't know how to not give it a five. Like it's just, it's. We're talking horror movie reviews. Do I still classify this as complete horror? I don't know. I don't know what to say, but I will say <laughs> that I enjoyed this from beginning to end, and it was fucking awesome. And I'm gonna give it a five. There you go, Dave. Yeah, this movie was a blast. Um, it's it's. I don't hold it as in as high regard as the first one because it's the the first one was the influential one. The first one was the the cult classic, the one that was so important. Uh, that paved the way for so many other movies, including the second one. So as I, I don't hold the second one as high regard as the first one, um, the second one's a five. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to boo you. I was ready to give you. <laughs> no, I love it. I was ready it's, to hard not, it's hard to not. It's just, it's, I love. Now, am I giving these fives because I'm afraid of what you two will do? <laughs> Maybe. But this is part of the mystery. This is part of the aura around the Evil Dead franchise. All right. Let's get into Army of Darkness. And we haven't, again, we haven't talked about this one before, but because Jesse's so new to the franchise, I, I just, I need to hear your take on this movie. It was very silly. <laughs> and back to you. All right. <laughs> no, I, I like I like the transition. So I like the fact that it just picked up right where two left off, and it was mm-hmm. like because once two ended, you're like, what? Man, <laughs> <laughs> just time traveled. But you see, like the they had like the, um, it was foretold that you know this savior would come, and he has a chainsaw in his hand in this old uh, you know medieval drawing or whatever. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, well let's see where this goes. And I like that it picked up right where it left off. It was a smooth transition into a absolutely silly story. Oh, the story was a, was a blast. This is, this was Army of Darkness for me is like if you took a bunch of acid and watched Temple of Doom <laughs> and then Lord of the Rings Two Towers consecutively, and that's you mash those two movies together and just yeah, it was a blast. It was like you said, it was more like action adventure mm-hmm. slash comedy, and it was just so much fun because you were like. I'm wondering, like, like where are they going to go with this? You know, we saw the first one. We saw the second one, which is pretty much the same movie. Obviously, you knew it was going to go a completely different direction with the way two ended. But, you know, I was like, as long as it doesn't end up back at the cabin and being the exact same movie again, I'm fine with it. And it fucking did. It had, it had <laughs> nothing to do with it. And it had everything to do with it. And they did a great job of making a completely new movie in a completely new time period that shouldn't have made any sense whatsoever, but they tied it in. 
Mm-hmm. They had the book. They were looking for the book. They had, uh, when they were throwing these guys down into the pit to punish them and, and put them to death, basically, you think that they're getting mauled by like a bear or an alligator or something, right? And it turns out to be the zombies, these these demonic possessed creatures that they're yeah. holding down in that well to use to um, to execute their war criminals or their, their prisoners. Yeah. And it was such a cool angle. And of course... Bruce goes down there and he, he wins that fight mainly because there was the one priest or the um I can't remember what they called him it's like a wizard type or no, whatever. No, he was a wizard. He was, he was like the old wise man type guy. What do they what do they call him in Game of Thrones? In Game of oh, Thrones they have uh, the masters. He was a master, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's basically the master and they call him over he's like wait wait no, no no this is this is the prophecy. This this guy is the one they're like ah nah, screw him. He's with uh he's with the red the, the red king or whatever. Scott yeah, there's th- throws him down into the hole and and uh the maester throws down the the chainsaw and he's able to fire it up and it, awesome scene. Awesome scene. But the, what I'm saying is that they did a great job of sprinkling in the fact that this demonic possession or this demonic entity was still out there and it was yep. still a force to be reckoned with and Bruce had an objective here and that was to lead these people and save these people and it was such a wild move to make. And so I pulled it off. I think what happened is they never set out to make horror movies in the beginning. This wasn't like they wanted to make comedies. Clearly we can see that in, in the trajectory of their movies, right? They, that's what they always wanted to make when they were coming up and making films. And I think that when they made evil dead Two, because the next movie they made after the evil dead flopped and they had to go do the second one because that was like what they were offered to do. Um, I think what Sam Raimi and everyone probably did was they were like, all right, let's make an ending so batshit crazy that no one and no studio is going to want us to make a third. So they do the time travel thing and they set it up so that like, yeah, you want us to make a third? It's going to be something completely different and crazy. I dare you to make us want to make a third. And the studio was like, guess what? We want you to make that movie. And they were like, fine we'll make this movie then (laughs) right like so so they just went all in on it and i think that the great part of this is you see it very very little in the first movie and then in the second movie you really see the ash williams character start to become the ash williams character and then in the third movie the the characters fleshed out we know who he is the one-liners you know the just the aura of uh, of Ash Williams becomes yeah the, legendary. The shock yeah. on the chainsaw, the womanizing, yeah. the yeah. Uh, the one liners, everything about him is just uh, just awesome. It, it everything it was so cool, and, and I was glad they actually they addressed this later in the movie. So when they're kind of preparing for the final site, uh, the final fight, mm-hmm. he finally pops open the trunk and grabs a bag of ammunition. I'm sitting yeah. there, I'm like, this man has a a double barrel shotgun. I don't see anything in his pockets. A double barrel shotgun that he fires off six consecutive shots. <laughs> yeah, like where is How does that work? This is this is one of those things where it's like, dude, I watch anytime there's a shootout on TV, I'm counting the bullets. I'm like, Me too. I know. This I man know. has fired like his handgun 42 <laughs> times without reloading. Why where is like he it? getting the ammo? And, yeah, but uh, I you just don't care in this movie. Don't care. You, you just don't care. He has the and, unlimited shotgun. But what I was gonna, what I was, I uh, started to say was they did address it. So he popped open his trunk and grabs, grabbed the box of shotgun shells. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the six hundred that he already shot off had ran out from his uh, pocket change. So, 
and they get the car. Even though they go to the 1300s, they found a way to get Sam Raimi's car in his movie, as they always do. And yep. of course, he had some scientific book in the in his trunk <laughs> that, that helped him out to make gunpowder and, and all these uh, new The mechanical hand? Yeah, yeah. hand chopped off. He makes his, <laughs> I love that they... Without his science him, book, they made the mechanical hand. I know. In order for him to make a mechanical hand that works like a real hand, like some iRobot type of stuff, uh, he has to go back to 1300 AD to be able to have that kind of technology to make that mechanical <laughs> hand. <laughs> and it has super strength because he just... He just like crushes that metal um, yep. <laughs> goblet. It's so good. Uh, I but loved I lo- um, when they when they originally were like, "All right, you got to go get the book, right? We need this Necronomicon book in order to send you back to where you're going to go. So you get us this book, we'll send you back to your time." And he's like, "All right." They're like, "All right, now you need to remember this these words that you have to say." Okay, the incantation is very important. He's like, "Repeat after me." So he repeats after him, and he's like, "Repeat after me again." And Bruce Campbell's like, "You know what? I got it." <laughs> and he goes and he finds it and he forgets the words and says it all wrong and when he comes back he says I was close maybe yeah, a like, syllable or two off yeah something like it's so such a great to tie it into the end as well <laughs> it's such a great scene because he goes there and he um, he says the first two words right and he's just like ah I know it begins with an N and he just goes <laughs> he just like looks around <laughs> So I think universally, and I'm sure you guys can agree with me, like the one scene that I thought could have gone and I was like, this is just too much was when he was in the windmill and all like the little miniature versions of him popped out. And I was like, this is just stupid. And it's still fun, but I was like, this is going on too long, but I, they kind of saved it. So I think he ended up eating one of them or one of them. Oh, they, they like jumped down into his mouth. Yeah. And then they saved this by the creepy scene of, the eye popping out of his shoulder yep. and it was like really well done. I was like, Oh God, that is freaking eerie. And and then like, and then it turns into the second version of him, which obviously made the rest of the movie. So I was fine with it after the fact, but while I was watching, I was like, God, what are we doing? Nope. Loved it's it. just a bunch of little mini, mini Bruce's just loved every moment. It was of just, that it was scene. just so loony tunesy and yeah, but it worked out and 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 I thought them creating like a an evil dead version of him to be the leader of the dead army battling himself uh, uh you know with with the human beings it was it was a cool angle to take yeah uh, I so I disagree because I love that entire scene I love everything about it I I love the um way that they come out of the broken mirror I thought it was yep. really well done yeah because he's looking down it's like that's a lot of reflections doing the same thing. well was, because people. he at first he sees his reflection not mimicking him right and he gets like he's like fuck so he breaks the mirror but he makes it worse because he breaks the mirror and now he just multiplies the amount of them that comes out of the mirror and um everything that ensues one of my favorite parts is him just drinking the boiling water oh yep. yeah after yeah, the yeah. guy jumps down his throat well yeah I, so wacky and then again, yeah, that part is a little creepy where the where the one that possesses him is like splitting off from him. Really well done scene. And then we get one of the best one-liners that there is. And he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm evil, you. You're good, Ash. Little goody two-shoes, Ash. And just like doing like the little goody two-shoes thing. <laughs> and then he just blasts him in the face with a shotgun. And he goes, 
good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a great line. Such a great line. Um, it's a real cowboy line. Yeah. He has a lot of good one-liners in this. Yeah, he crushes the one-liners in this. Um, but yeah, then you go to the graveyard scene, and that entire scene's great. The The Three Stooges. I'm not even a Three Stooges fan, per se, but... I know exactly they, what you're talking about, though. The, yep. the, the way they incorporated that with the skeletons was so well done. Like, I, lo- I love that part of it. Yeah. Um, the way and that the movie- can- Go ahead. Sorry. The way, that, the way that they just go from like utter like ridiculous slapstick comedy, but then go back to like a threatening pace on stuff. I, I really like the transitions between those two, which you if you pitch that to somebody, you would probably be like, there's no way this is going to work, but it works. What I liked about this movie is it was 80 minutes long and they crammed so much into this 80 minutes and it yep. made it work so well. It moved it was fast paced, it moved along, they covered a lot of ground and it was entertaining from beginning to end and it was just like a perfect feature length. Actually, it might not even technically be considered a feature length because it's under 90 minutes, but close enough. But it ended up just being like a perfect movie from beginning to end. There's no wasted scenes. Right. There's Like you watch this movie and it is just paced so well. It did need to build. So it was basically one giant movie from the first one. There was no in-between. There was no rebuilding. There was no new character development that needed to happen before the story kicks off or anything. It just kept going. It kept going from the first one. He dropped through the portal. Second one starts. Boom. He wakes up. He's like, oh, shit. What am I doing here? You know, it was it would just picked right up and it just it, it flowed great. It was just I'm just watching. I'm like, this is awesome. There was a little character development between the uh, the English Lord and the Scottish Lord at the end there, where they uh, where you the, they they defeat the army of darkness. Yeah, and, and then, then the both Scottish armies Lord. they draw their swords at each other, and then the two leaders of the army walk out and they hug and everyone cheers. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. It was what, awesome. What a feel good scene that was. And I thought was, the, the battle scene. So it gets to that battle scene, and I thought the battle scene for nineteen what is it ninety ninety two ninety two was done really well like it was awesome with what they had to work with like doing the the skeletal thing like everything was like super well done in this it, it worked was all it worked. stop motion it must have taken so, so long yeah. fucking long it worked because they had embraced the silliness if this was an episode of game of thrones you'd have been like dude what dude, are you doing <laughs> you know well, so, yeah. but, but they had embraced the silliness so they could do whatever they want yeah you know I, it, it, and it was and it was all awesome and it all worked you know I what love the skeletons? You know what scene with the skeletons that I watched while watching this movie that I was like that you were talking about? You remember how you were just saying like it it probably took so long? I think it was one where they were just putting a ladder up. Mm-hmm. And I was watching that I was watching the scene and I'm like, I can't even imagine how long it probably took to film this one sequence that lasted about four seconds, and it was basically just like a transition scene between like what's going on in the battle i'm like the amount of dedication to do that and it's like and it just goes through my head like anytime that we go to film something like in the future when we're doing like a ghost story thing like a reenactment or whatever which i think we'll be doing more of in the future i wanted to like just bring that scene into my brain and be like anything we do will never be as time consuming as they probably took yeah. on that one thing. we'll be filming a scene like why is rob scaling the wall 
Yeah. Oh, he's reliving the Evil Dead too. <laughs> we have Great. to get him to stop doing this. <laughs> we Great. say this about this, uh, this the, the stop motion effects here, how long it must take. But I would imagine that the same scene CGI would take a lot longer. And I'm, I'm saying sure. that uh, not yeah. having any idea what I'm talking about. But I assume. Mm. No, I'm not uh, sure. Uh, none of us do. We're all like, yeah, yeah, good point. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right about that. Yeah. We've oh, done you're, zero, right, you're right. We've done zero of either in our entire lives. But yes. <laughs> no, I'm sure it does take a long time with CGI too, but I'm just thinking like just for how much of a like nothing shot in the grand scheme of things. Like if you took that out, it probably doesn't change the movie, but I just I have such a big respect for the fact that they did do it. And maybe it does change the movie because you don't see the level of dedication and like care in the movie. But after that, like it just balls to the wall. That entire, the entire battle scene is just great. It was awesome. It was awesome from start to finish. Yeah. And then we get to the ending, which is. So before you go into that, I want I want to yeah. give them credit because I, I, you guys watch Game of Thrones. You've watched Vikings, Last Kingdom, whatever. You've, you've watched the shows, right? With the big mm-hmm. battles. It seems like in every one of these battles that matters, mm-hmm. the big twist at the end is some other army showing up and riding it on horses just yep. when you think it's going to go the wrong way. That didn't happen in this movie, and I was so expecting that. I was like, the Scots are going to show up, and they're going to save the day just when it seems like the battle is lost. Pretty sure that didn't happen, and that's what's Pretty awesome. sure it did happen. Well, no, it kind of – no, they showed up at the, when the battle was over. and, they're, no, they, and They showed and up and helped. Right? No, they, they showed up. They showed mm-hmm. up to help. They didn't. They didn't turn the tide of the battle, right? I and that's say. that's my main point. Is like like Battle of the Bastards, Game of Thrones. Spoiler, Game yeah. of Thrones. That was that was a changing moment. Uh, the the I'm sorry to do all Game of Thrones references here, but the battle where Tyrion did the big speech and got his face cut, right? Yep. The the Tywin showed up with his whole army and just changed the course of the battle. Happened in so many so many, every battle in in Last Kingdom. When you think it's going to end, it's always the you know. Anyways. It's just the go-to, and it's it's just played out at this point. But obviously, for me, this movie is new. <laughs> this movie happened before all yeah. of those ones did, so uh, it's a little bit irrelevant. But yeah, it happened in Braveheart too, in one of the battles in Braveheart. It's just it's a common trope. But it's again, historically accurate too. It probably happened, but it, but probably it not. Probably happened much. a lot a lot less uh, frequently than it happens in cinema. Mm. Right. But the this one, to your point. They showed up to help, but they were not the re- like they weren't. They weren't the reason the battle was won. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it became. It was just more, more men basically at that point. Ash was the reason the battle was won, and he was also the reason that the conflict between the English and the Scots were solved. Right. He he, he did a lot. That's true. Yeah. yeah. He he ended up saving the day. Is there anything else on the battle we want to hit on before we continue? I think we no. wrap it up. Okay. So the ending is very divisive, and I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. I'm not. But I'm guessing everybody saw the ending where he's back in the the um, S-Mart, right? Yeah, back, yeah. At his, back at his old job. And he's telling the story about what happened, and like people are just like, yeah, yeah, hang him until shit hits the fan. Not the original ending to this movie. Uh, they were forced to shoot this ending. And from what I remember, Sam Raimi and everybody was pretty pissed that they were forced to reshoot the ending. The original ending, and you can still find it, is when they send him back to his own time, they don't send him back to the right time. They send him to the future. 
and everything is destroyed. And he gets that's so much better. And that's the ending they wanted was where to set up if there was going to be a fourth one, that's where the fourth one was going to be in the future. Um, and you can find that and you can see him going mad in like a building. I think he's in London, maybe. I haven't watched that alternate. Well, I guess the original ending in a while, but that's kind of what happens there. But the studio or somebody did not like that ending. That The test, what happened was they tested the movie. Everybody liked the movie until the ending. Okay. So I can understand that. And I can appreciate the change because uh, the TV show now, which I think we've all started watching, starts mm-hmm. off basically with him working at the supermarket like 30, 40 years later or whatever. And right. so far, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. So I want to watch more of that it was, as well. We've just had so much on the list to watch. But uh, what, what do we do for ratings here? Gentlemen, Rob, let's start with you. I didn't even talk about the ending. And I, if I and if I liked it or not because of the change. Boom. I actually like the change. I, I do like the original ending, but I like what they do with him in the super in the S Mart. I think it's fine. I like that whole scene. I think it's a great scene to go out on. And I think you get one of the iconic lines of Ash Williams in that where he says, you know, hail to the king, baby. Which is just it's just a great way to wrap up that movie with that line to me. I think it's done perfectly. I was unaware of the um, the original ending. Apparently I've never seen it, so that's fun. But I like it, the idea for the original ending, where because he screwed up the the incantation again and right. spits him off into the future by accident. Great right. way to set up a sequel. Or a great way to end the trilogy is the way they, they did it, ex- uh, the, exactly the way that they did it which is they sent him back to his time, but he didn't do the incantation quite right. And that's why, you know, chaos ensues at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like both. So I had always just seen the, apparently the, the revised ending and I, and I loved it the way it was. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give it a five. Wow. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's, it's on my wall here. Like mm-hmm. we, nice. we have, we have the movie on my wall. I love army of darkness. It's, it's my, f- I love all of them. Army of Darkness is my favorite one to go back and watch. Yeah, 100% uh, Army of Darkness is my favorite of the three. I do understand that the first one, like I said, is the influential one that paved the way. It was the cult classic. It was the the one that set the pace for all the others. But this one, three is the most fun for me. Three is one that I'll, I'll watch. I'll have my kids watch. Um, mm-hmm. I am actually kicking myself for not watching it with them the other night when we were watching horror movies because they would have got a kick out of this because they with their cell phones, do their own little stop motion videos with their things, whatever they do. So I think they would get a kick out of this with all the effects. So it's, this is a great one for me. It's a five. Cool. Jesse. It's a five dude. This movie is the most rewatchable one. It really is. So like, like one and two, I'll rewatch just because I'm curious. Mm -hmm. One is like, like Dave said, like you said, one is probably the most important one, but it's not, it, it goes, the opposite order for me is three, two, one for me in, in order of favorites. So it's, it's so much fun. How do can you, how can yeah. you not love this? It was fun from the first minute to the last minute. And yeah. uh, I, I loved it. Yeah, it's a five. I'm really, really sad that they didn't get the movie that they wanted to make in the mid 2000s. Do you remember when Freddy vs. Jason came out? I do. Do you know what the sequel is supposed to be? No. 
Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Oh, wow. Ash is going to win that one, right? And that would have been... You can't kill Ash. Like, it would have been an amazing movie. You know what would have been even better? Freddy versus Jason versus Ash versus Ash. Yes. Because you, know, you know he's going to fuck himself up in that movie, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just... So, I think there is a comic made, and I meant to check on that, but I think there is a Freddy versus Jason versus Ash comic, and I do need to go read that because I just need to see what they did with that that dynamic, basically. But I'm, I'm so bummed that that movie never came to fruition. Me too. It just, it just it makes, not that Freddy and Jason movies didn't get silly at one point at, anyways, but it just, it turns slashers into, is it comedy? You know, like it, it crosses that genre. I think it would have been awesome. And I don't really care that much for Freddy and Jason movies anyways. They're fine. They're not my favorite. I care more for Evil Dead at this point, And I think that would have been awesome to mix them up. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Freddy stan. And I do enjoy the Friday the 13th movies. But Freddy always towed the line after the first movie of comedy and horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of his shit got real ridiculous towards the end of that of that run. All of the slashers got ridiculous at one point. There's just, there's too many. There's yeah. too many slasher movies. You go back, you boil them right down. You boil them all down. You go back to the beginning. They all start off really strong and they all mm-hmm. get wacky. And then the remakes are usually, you know, the remakes are hit or miss, but a lot of them are, are, are well done, I think. It's a new yeah. day. They got to try to keep up with uh, Art the Clown now. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Art the Clown set the pace. Set the pace. It's going to be a difficult one to top. So we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about the Friday the Thirteenth remake at one point because that movie gets a lot of hate, and I don't think it's as that bad. Like to be perfectly honest, so we're gonna have to have that discussion at some point. Yeah, we can have that discussion and we can discuss how Friday the Thirteenth, the original, is the best slasher. No, that's I know. Not, that I, is, know how you, I know you hate that. That is inaccurate. <laughs> it's not. An I know accurate. you hate that take. That's. that's... <laughs> Yeah, we'll tease that for now. Um, But that is going to do it. That is our Evil Dead retrospective. I'm very biased on this series. I'm glad that Jesse came in and liked this series. I didn't know which way you were going to go with it, honestly. Neither did I. Um, But neither did I. Like halfway through Evil Dead One, I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. (laughs) It's awesome. It just, it just, it's so fun. It's such a fun horror series. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Make sure you get through the first one, um, but also understand when it came out. Early 80s, low budget, and appreciate some of the stuff they did in that movie. The tree scene in the first movie is, like, amazingly done for for a horror movie. It's still terrifying to this day. And wildly controversial. Wildly controversial, but, like, it's a banana scene, so... Go back, watch the Evil Dead movies, watch the show, watch anything Evil Dead, everything Evil Dead's fun. I like their Evil Dead remake. We'll, Love the remake, we'll, 2013. We'll cover that. I think it got unjustifiably um, hated on when it came out, and I think I know why, but we'll cover that at another time. Anything else you guys want to add? Nope. All right, that's going to do it for this Evil Dead retrospective. Make sure you're following us on Twitter uh, for Hometown Ghost Stories. You can check us out on Patreon. Also, join our Discord where you can come in, talk to other members of the community, talk to us, request horror movies. And the last place you can do that, other than a million other places, but check out our email, hometownghoststories at gmail.com. Until next time, 
That's Dave, Jesse, I'm Rob. Catch you later. Peace. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.